Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right. Good morning, everyone, and everybody, and welcome to Good Morning New York. We are live, coming to you live from Smash Studios in Hudson Yards, New York, as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. Uh, at this hour, chances are if you love the energy and vitality of this city and you want to sell New York City real estate, you've probably noticed it's full of people who have been in this business for a while with a lot of experience, and we call those people power brokers. So how do you uh, become a success in real estate at the Big Apple? It's not easy, but with a lot of hard work and adopting best practices of top agents, it can be done. You can make very big money and improve your lifestyle greatly and beyond your expectations. But while that may all sound fantastic, the lifestyle of the average real estate agent in New York City is probably less glamorous. Many agents in New York City do make big money, but it's important for new agents to recognize and understand that a career in real estate is by no means a path towards fast cash and a little and a lifestyle rather that rivals the million dollar listing boys. So keep that in mind. We have a power broker here with us today, Louise Phillips Forbes from Halstead, and also a new rising team in the business for just five years that are breaking records already. And we will break all of that down this morning. Also at this hour, how important is it to set price cut expectations? That's right, I said price cut expectations. Early in the process, like at the pitch presentation when you're talking to a seller, is that important in today's market? Yes, it is, and we will explain. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I am Vince Rocco, and this is Good Morning New York Real Estate. In the news this morning, no more skipping class. Veteran brokers now once again have to sit through continuing education courses. Starting in July 2021, brokers who were previously exempt from the state-mandated 22 and a half hours of continuing education will need to study up if they want to renew their real estate licenses. A newly signed law does away with a provision that exempted brokers licensed before July 2008 uh, who continuously held their licenses for at least 15 years. State Senator uh, Brad Holyman, who was introduced to legislation back in February, called it a common-sense law that sprung from discussions with stakeholders. The law also requires two and a half hours of ethical business practices and one hour dedicated to legal uh, updates, that in addition to three hours of classes related to fair housing and or discrimination and an hour related to law of agency. Welcome back to the club, everybody, because I remember when that, that law was instituted back in 2008. The United States has historically been a country with a high rate of mobility as cities use their unique job markets to attract new residents and young couples brought new houses to accommodate growing ch- growing lifestyles and children, but all of that is changing. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, the new data shows that domestic mitig- uh, migration has hit an all-time low in 2019 of 9.8% of the population. This follows decades of steady declines. During the 1960s, 20% of Americans uh, moved to a new residence each year. In 2019, this year, less than 10% of Americans did. And while the drivers of these declines have evolved and changed through the years, the current drop is being driven by millennials who are delaying life uh, stages that typically prompt someone to move, such as buying a house, getting married, and having kids. Their interests rather are in events, being social, travel, and having fun first. They don't consider permanence. Well, didn't we just start have a little conversation about that in the green room before this live show? Isn't that interesting? 
The city will expand pedestrian space around Rockefeller Center and Radio City Music Hall uh, during the holiday season. Mayor Bill de Blasio, that banana head, announced on Friday. (laughs) Starting November 29th, 49th and 50th Streets, as well as 5th Avenue and 6th Avenue, will be partially closed to cars to alleviate construction and congestion caused by the roughly 800,000 people who visit the Christmas tree every day during the season. Can you imagine 800,000 people visit that Christmas tree in Rock Center every day. Not And every year. local stays far, far away. <laughs> away. I don't even After go and once. see the After tree. Who once. cares? <laughs> the expansion marks the first time the city has created a defined uh, pedestrian space for that area. And finally, <laughs> this one is amusing. And finally, <laughs> according, <laughs> according to Kurt, at least he laughs at his jokes. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon of radio. No, because sometimes I'm doing weekly research and I come up with these stories and I'm like, uh, should I, shouldn't I? And this one I said, <laughs> do it, do it. Do Absolutely. It. Oh, yeah. You have to question the answers, yes. yes. Totally. All right. So, and finally, according to Curbed, uh, New Yorkers have developed a reputation for it to be able to handle whatever gets thrown at them in this big city. But let's face it, we all get overwhelmed at times. The good news is with everything else going on at any given moment in the city, crying, crying is not a transgression that many people will notice. So if you're feeling frustrated or sad or angry, it's okay to weep in public or jump up and down and yell and scream. There's actually even a website called NYC Crying Guide, and that's been chronicling the best and worst places to do that crying uh, since 2014. Hold on, how do I not know about this? Everyone's mouth is a gape right now. How do I not know about this? I mean, seriously. I think all of us can say, I think as a New Yorker, you have to have had a good cry at least once but on the public of New York. In like public? In, oh, oh, in public. I have done it. I have done it many times, like walking from one place to another. <laughs> yes, I, I often there you find go. Matt Cohen crying in the street. Post-workout cry. Well, I have to tell you something because I was a little busy this week. I did not have a chance to go to that website, NYC Crime Guide. I just want to say that we're going to have the minute anybody says that there's not a demand for real estate in New York City, we've got the NYC. Right, guys. Exactly. Exactly. Just, just want to put it out exactly. there. But I'm hoping that, that the website shows people actually crying in public, which I think it does, and also yelling up and down and screaming because no they're having a very bad day. So no, why would I? Yeah. I don't know that. I'll tell you, though, there Except are Instagram accounts that I do look at crying, um, but there are <laughs> Instagram accounts like like hot dudes on the subway, like things that are funny like that. I bet you they have one for crying. Bet you they have one for crying in New York. On Instagram? Crying hot guys, maybe. Look for it. Can we have crying hot guys? Hot guys cry on the subway. (laughs) Okay, so so homework for next week is bring that story in and we'll start talking about it. It's a multifaceted I love homework. Crying brokers. How about that? (laughs) Well, that's that's a common thing. (laughs) Well, that that you're going to see a lot more of than not. All right, so anyway, the topic today is finding success in New York City in this competitive world of real estate. And everybody sitting at this table, and I've said it since we started five and a half years ago, are a tremendous success in their own right. We happen to be very Halstead heavy today, uh, which is um, a good thing, I guess. It's pressure anyway, for Tracy. But we have Jordan is coming, but I can represent. Don't that, you worry, Douglas Elliman. That's the Douglas Elliman end. But we'll we'll announce names in a few minutes. But um, we said we You'll have be. power broker okay. uh, Louise Phillips Forbes here from Halstead. We also have a brand new team, the Garson team, and uh, represented by two of the members today. Ryan Garson, you know, the minute you meet Ryan, his passion and energy, and you know, at your dinner recently, energy is the word. That that I use because it's unbelievable. 
Uh, for real estate is evident, providing the highest level of service, Ryan's goal is to ensure the buying, selling, and renting process is a personal and enjoyable experience because it can be a nightmare and it can go sideways, as we all know in deals, almost every time out of the box. He has successfully overseen more than 400,000 transactions that represented buyers, sellers, landlords. 400, not 400,000. 400, excuse I was me. I well, say. Take that's it. Impressive. Take it. <laughs> I got an extra zero there. God knows what that's about. Uh, landlords and renters throughout Manhattan and Brooklyn, Ryan has established himself as a successful deal maker and energetic market resource, market resource, leveraging his extensive knowledge of the city and vast networks to reach the best results for his clients. One of the strongest assets he has is in his product knowledge. Ryan is always looking out, uh, is out there rather, looking, understanding value, and making connections that will help his clients. Uh, He's created the Garson team, as I said, at Halstead, and is coming, uh, is among the top 3% uh, producing teams Halstead-wide in New York City. This collaborative team's award-winning professionals come from diverse backgrounds, which allows them to contribute individual and collective knowledge, skills, and perspectives to excel in New York City and real estate and the real estate scene, which of course is not that easy. Jason Engris is also here. He's a member of that team, and he's uh, was awarded in 2018 as Halstead's rising star. Jason has become a standout among his clients and colleagues in the residential real estate market. Jason is a trusted and reliable resource to everyone he works with, and prides himself on being genuine, easygoing, and negotiating smart and creative deals. Ask any of his clients, colleagues, and friends, and they will let you know that Jason is a breath of fresh air. He is simply someone people want to be around. Jason has a burning desire to help people and support them in whatever way possible to meet their personal and financial goals. His focuses He focuses, rather, on building relationships and conveys a sense of comfort, trust, and ease from the first interaction. Jason was born in Manhattan. Uh, he's a true New Yorker and has experienced firsthand the individual character that each neighborhood exists. You know, just like me, Jason, when I was reading this, I kind of chuckled. He has lived in Hell's Kitchen, the Upper West Side, the Upper East Side, the East Village, uh, Murray Hill, Kipps Bay, and Gramercy. The only neighborhood I didn't live in is the Lower East Side, uh, but I touched all the others. Uh, and that makes him very knowledgeable about the wide range of living options the city has to offer when he's out there advising his clients. So we've got a few minutes left in this segment. So let's get right at the first question, guys. New York City real estate agents are a dime a dozen, as we all know. A fantastic New York City real estate agent is about one in a million, almost literally. Okay, because not everybody can be successful, but you know some are. How do you become a one in a million? agent now you know you guys start you started ryan five years ago jason two three years ago a uh, year and a half ago year and a half that's all it is yep. oh my goodness lock and load baby there you go okay <laughs> even better than i thought anyway so how do you you know find that balance how do you find you know that one in a million opportunity to make you as individuals well, great and then a team first i mean you got you have to work hard you have to be on the streets hustling meeting people building your network Promoting your brand, I think what we do that really um, kind of our our clients really like is that we do a lot of video marketing in creative ways by telling our story and telling the story of the apartments that we're selling, and we're promoting that through our social media channels. We're really into social, um, you know, telling, promoting our stories. Um, Jason, what are we doing? Yeah, here? I mean, I mean, I think to be a standout, especially as as a new agent in in, in the industry, is is really that that first interaction with your clients. Um, what I really focus on is leveling with my clients, letting them know that I've I've been in their shoes, I've done the, this this search many times as a New Yorker. Um, so just really leveling with them, knowing that knowing that we're a resource to them, a sounding board. 
um, being genuine, being a, a real person, not coming off too salesy. Um, and then just being educated about the market, I think, really goes a long way. Knowing knowing your inventory, knowing product, all that kind of stuff. But and I agree with that. And knowing product and knowing inventory is is really probably nine, you know, ninety five, ninety eight percent of of our success here in town. Because if you don't know, you're never going to know. But and you can't, you know, translate that to your client base. But you know, again, there are so many people out there running around calling themselves agents, though, and to become that one in a million, the one that people remember. The one that, you know, when you see the stats every year, you know, whether it's company wide or, or every company, you know, listed, you're up there. How, you know, how do you get that? How do you get that? I mean, all of these attributes that you, you know, just talked about are correct. I think, I think hold it. Hold it. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about that. Think about it. I'm giving you time to think about it. I'm thinking a little bit over this. <laughs> After the break, more with Jason, more with Ryan. But first, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We are coming right back. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders, so you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back with Jason Engrist and Ryan Garson. We are also here with Anna Shagaloff from Halstead, Matthew Cohen from Halstead, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Jordan Shea from Douglas Elliman, Louise Phillips-Forbes, 
uh, from Halstead and Jason and Ryan, as I said before. Okay, so guys, you know, here's a fact. About 80% of real estate agents drop out of the business in their first year. 85%. 85%. And, you know, I remember my first year and, you know, coming from, a you know, a very big salaried, you know, corporate job and thinking, well, I don't expect to make, you know, four or $500,000 a year <laughs> my first year. Uh, you know, but then as you go through that's the good. year, <laughs> I'm really glad well, that, you didn't have that expectation. Well, no, 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 well, but that's, that's, what I, was, that's what I was making in corporate America. So you're thinking, okay, so I know that's not going to happen in real estate. So how do you kind of process that in your mind coming from your backgrounds, making a lot of money, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're counting the months that go by before a commission check comes in? Well, it's a tale of two stories between Jason and I, because I start off on my own and I didn't even think about those big commission checks. I was on the grind. I did my first two years, I did one sale and over a hundred rentals. So I was literally the king of the $2,000 rental. Like if anybody was looking for a studio, like I knew the inventory backwards and forwards. Um, and I think that gave me a lot of experience um, in doing transactions and seeing inventory um, that my business didn't really start to, to really build up on the sales. So I would say like year four, um, and like through that time, I was very strategic um, what I did with my time, the way that I networked, uh, the charities that I was part of. And I- I'm not from New York. I don't have that Rolodex. So I really had to like build all my connections. And now you're, you're four, you're five. It's really starting to pay off. And it's it's a it's a big um, referral business that I have now. I can, you know, I where referral, say, referrals kind of take over, you know, if you're doing the job right. Go ahead, Anna. Um, well, I mean, I, I remember when Ryan started and he was always in the office. Mm-hmm. He was really, when he talked Hungry. about the grind, Working he it. was grinding and always in a suit and tie mm-hmm. and like and immaculately that, That's dressed. not easy during the summer. No, it's not. No, it's not. But I can vouch for that. I, yeah, I really yeah. can. I mean, I saw him there. He was always there. He was always hustling. So. I, I will just talk about my, my beginnings where- Our I, former dancer here. Go I, for it. Yes. I, I had no Rolodex. I literally was slinging drinks. And uh, when I got into real estate, and I literally think my first year I made $8,400. Mm-hmm. And I set, I started doing Tony Robbins and I started doing goal setting. And, and I just want you all to close your eyes because remember it was 1989. Ooh, and I, honey. $8,400 was actually a lot of money back then. And I just want yeah, everybody That'll referred, get you a little further than today. to me as the one bedroom queen. And I want you to close your eyes because I had no Rolodex and I was walking up and down the blocks trying to figure out floor plans where apartments laid. And I had on cowboy boots, unitard, and a prairie skirt, <laughs> and shoulder pads. Amazing. So I just wanted you to have that visual. What but, a visual that <laughs> is. <laughs> but, uh, but, Thank you. <laughs> but when I wrote my goals the first time, which was year two, I wanted to make $25,000 selling real estate. So keep coming back. Things do change. <laughs> I also, you have so, your goal. J- so Jason, I totally com- cut off Jason. So yeah. no, 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 um, Jason. Sorry. So coming, coming into an established, you know, agent uh, who's been who was at it for a bit and and was you know finding some success. Did you feel any pressure to kind of keep up with that? Um, not really. I mean, I, I did have a big Rolodex. I have a huge family. I have three brothers. Um, I'm friends with all their friends and coworkers and stuff like that. So I, I initially thought all the business was going to come to me. Um, but I learned pretty quickly that wasn't the case. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Um, so luckily, you know, I was fortunate enough to join Ryan's team and, you know, be put on listings, you know, from day one. Yeah. Um, and I knew that was my opportunity to really take advantage of that. And I was able to pull, you know, buyers and, and renters from open houses and stuff like that. And I think 
just taking a step further, um, you know, being educated again is so important when you're a new agent. So, you know, when you're showing a listing, knowing similar properties, if that listing isn't going to work with that prospective buyer or renter, just having those other properties on your phone ready to go. Um, you're able to pull those directs and kind of form a relationship with them. You know, interesting how you put that because you're absolutely correct. You, you you come in thinking, oh, I know a lot of people or I have a big family and everybody knows everybody. And so the, the deals or the opportunity for deals are going to just come falling your way when, in fact, they don't always. And, you know, one of the things that we struggle with here in this town is the fact that, you know, the Million Dollar Listing franchise has been, you know, broadcasting for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years already. And people watch these shows. And people watch all these, you know, boys and girls running around, making lots of money, having very big parties, living very lav- lavish lives. Uh, and so the expectation coming in is I'm going to go become a real estate agent. I'm going to take my license and I'm going to close multi-million dollar deals. When did you guys uh, first realize that that was not going to happen so quickly? Again, we all come in thinking, oh, this is really going to, you know, be a, a great transition for me into, you know, a, a lavish lifestyle, as I said at the beginning. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting at your desk thinking, oops. I was I was just going to say that a lot of us at this table, you know, we mentor many agents, a lot of us. So, you know, I think <clears throat> a, a big thing that I always like to say is that I kind of break it down into three different parts of becoming an agent, why you're becoming an agent. And I always say if you're, you know, because of how little the re, you know reality is of what you're going to make in the beginning, if you're not super passionate about it, if you're not willing to give it your all, and if you don't love it, you might as well just, just stop while you're ahead. Um, it, you know, but I'll say it's between passion, obviously 100% working hard, but also kind of what Jason was saying, bringing that value add. I mean, who are we, if we can't bring someone value add, they could do it themselves. So I believe that that is arguably the biggest part of the three. I think what really drives me with this uh, this business too, it's my business. It's, uh, you know, you have to ha- really have that entrepreneur mentality because there's so many different hats that you have to wear um, between, you know, sales, vetting the clients, doing the board package, business development, development, marketing. I mean, there's so many different hats and it's it's all yours and it's all on you. And so like, I wake up every morning and I'm just like ready to go. Yeah, I was talking to somebody yesterday who said, you know, they, uh, Tracy, you told me at the end of the night, you know, she, I, I said, she was doing something after we were all out. And I said, it's kind of late. And she's like, no, it's not. I don't need a lot of sleep because when I go to bed, I'm anxious to get up in the morning because I love what I do. And I love, I mean, this stuck with me all night long. I don't think I said that, but that's very <laughs> no, no. That's 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 that makes me sound even No, you did. That's also the history. Tracy. And no, and then. his revisionist history is inspiration. No, no, no. Everyone out, there, everyone out there needs to understand, though, who Tracy Hammersley is and that she runs on AAA batteries. Totally. <laughs> Don't unplug her or it drops right down. No, but, but, then, but then you went on to say you look forward to whatever your day is bringing because yeah. you enjoy what you do. And so, Ryan, I mean, true. you know, and, and, and Jason, I mean, you know, you've got you to do that. feel that. That's picked up by everybody. That attraction instead yeah. of promotion is, right. is, is, is an actual yeah, you really presence. It's a positive it. energy yeah, that people feel with who you interact with every day. And to Ryan's point, I mean, you, <clears throat> you don't you don't hide behind anyone's name. No. You, your name is out there That's and, you. and you have to support your own image. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's it really we run our own businesses and our names are the first things that they you know, that, mm-hmm. that comes up before even we walk, we walk in the door. And reputation is everything. So you have to really to make sure that you yeah. are, especially in this business, you are living above reproach. You're making decisions. You know, 
understandably so, our reputa- our profession has a somewhat shady yes. reputation, but there are so many more honest, ethical, there, hardworking agents yeah, out there. There are a couple of hundred thousand when I reasons started, why. I used to, yeah. When I started, I used to say, <laughs> yeah. you know, I want to rise above and be be one of those ethical agents because they didn't exist at the time. And sure. now there's so many. I mean, everyone at this, this table room. and there are so many colleagues that really do rise above and are great at what they do and are passionate about what they do. And it's a pleasure to work with people like that, that really kind of see it the same way that we do. I Is this an appropriate venue for crying in New York? For people tearing up right now? <laughs> and Matt, go, go, go for it. Cry. But, but to talk about the love for agents for my five year anniversary, I actually threw a breakfast for all the agents that I did deals with. And I think relationships um, are- We did a deal and I don't Martin. think I was invited. Right. We almost uh, uh, did a deal. We, we, we did a deal. Oh, you know, 12th Street. And, My goodness. Uh, Special oh. breakfast just for Anna. My assistant. <laughs> oh, well. I was <laughs> shut out of that one. Thank you, Ryan. That's Carson. a ding to your reputation, Ryan. We're taking All right. Steps. All right. So, so we all we, we all realize that coming. I'm sorry. Did you say something? No, I did not say anything. Would you like to say something? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. Always. Always. Excuse me. The Mr. Jordan Shea here. Go right at it. I just, uh, you know, we talk about transparency a lot and having integrity and things like that and how shady our business, like, was or can be, but I really do think that's a relic. I'm, I, you know, a relic. A relic. It is a relic. A, a relic, and I think that cooperation. Just Good to your word. point with the broker breakfast, like we are actually all the greatest client pool. It's your fellow brokers. One hundred percent. This isn't like gunslinging wild west anymore. This is where we're all collaborating together. And even though we decry, like all the legislation, and it makes our jobs really difficult. It actually does weed out a lot of mm-hmm. uh, the dross. If yes, you will. true. Yeah. The Jordan's uh, vocabulary this yeah, morning. Yeah, you took the SATs before you came <laughs> over. <laughs> Jordan's full of segment SAT one. Words. He was reading the encyclopedia. <laughs> the man who no, brings but, the newspaper. I, I, I will say, you guys. I remember. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, Vince. I was just going to say. I mean, I, it is from the beginning. It has been a little bit in the back of my head that I want to be the kind of broker that every other broker wants to work with. That they want mm-hmm. to yes. give me some counseling and some coaching with. Oh, if your buyers were to come in at this, so that we could do that deal together or I want to be someone that makes the board package perfect so that their job is easy. When you, you meet know, Tracy totally. Hammersley, you have and, no doubt. And to, <laughs> and to and, Ryan's and will, point, I mean, the, the mentoring that we do is so that we can help agents be the best that they can be and rise above and be proud of who they are and what they do. Well, I was going to ask about, you know, training and stuff. How important is that as, you know, new agents or new teams and and senior people like us? I mean, training is ongoing and training is necessary. And I think that that as you expand, Ryan, and as everyone's businesses expand, you know, making sure that your essence and what's, you know, your, for me, my business, really, it was important for me to define, define it being of service and also being data driven. And um, and met, and and that I always try to sort of, especially new agents, teaching the idea or the the idea that deals buyers and sellers are here today and gone tomorrow. Tomorrow, but we have each other for decades to come, Absolutely. and that is so invaluable. Okay, when I started, people said to me, uh, you should become an expert in an area you choose to work and preview as many properties in that in that expert area that, that you choose. And so it took me a couple of years to kind of understand what that meant. And then I chose somehow new development condo selling. And, you know, however many years later, I'm still doing that. But that was something that I thought, okay, so this is of interest to me. And this is something that I can kind of grab <clears throat> as a product. 
and uh, and make happen. Advertise the properties you have previewed through all the various channels in order to generate multiple leads. And today with social media, that is so important. Reach out uh, to your sphere of influence and let everyone know you work in real estate. I have a great story I tell all the time. I, we were out of time here, so I can't say it here. But, you know, a Please friend of my in. sister, you know, she forgot that I was a real estate agent, her brother, okay? And then there were multi-million dollar deals that went to somebody else. Be prepared for a lot of hard work and understand it will take a lot of sheer physical effort to be successful. And most of all, please be confident in what you can do. Be patient and know that it isn't going to happen overnight. We can reach the success as we see the TV boys all the time and girls, but you got to work your butts off to get there. Anyway, before we go to break, a word from one of our sponsors, a good friend, a new podcast host, Two Voice America Business Channel, has just started a very good show on the real estate investing phenomenon for commercial transactions, commercial transactions. James Nelson is a pro with many, many years in the business, and I'm excited to say I know him, and he has personally invested in sponsoring my show here. His commercial uh, will run during our commercial breaks, but in the meantime, Real Estate Investing Live from New York will provide you with everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. Although the show is based in New York City, it explores the fundamentals of investing in all asset classes across the nation. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none of that covers exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-homes show. We will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and operate commercial real estate. The show will start with a recap of New York City commercial real estate news, followed by an investor spotlight with a legend in the business, and then feature industry experts covering every aspect of the business. So, guys, tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. It is a show you don't want to miss. And with that, I'm Vince Rocco. This is the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We are going to break. We will be right back for segment three. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. 
Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back, and we're talking to uh, Ryan Garson and Jason Angrist, Anna Shagaloff, Matthew Cohen, Tracy Hammersley, Jordan Shea, Louise Phillips-Forbes. Wow, and people say I need to trim down, trim down the cast. Can you imagine we wouldn't have these, uh, you know, commercial break, you know, whatevers that go on if we had a small cast? The commercial right? break crying episode. <laughs> I was working out. We are going. Everyone could hear us during a commercial break. When we get to video, we're going to film all, all right. of the commercial breaks, and oh, that's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really scary. Okay, and this at the top of the program, I mentioned in the opening how important is it to set price expectations early. In the process, and by early in the process, I mean when you're out there pitching exclusives, as we all do, to sellers who want to sell their property here in New York City, and that property is either a co-op or a condo, sometimes a townhouse. In the new climate that we're we're playing in today, in the in the world of you know um, a slowed mar- slowed down market, how important when you're pitching the exclusive is it to kind of let them understand that at some point, if this price doesn't fly, we have to reduce. Well. I'm sure Louise is a really good person to talk to about this because she's very data driven. Um, but, you know, I, I guess so. I well, got that's a good point. I wanted to get to the data. Go ahead. I, I, I you know, I got a new listing yesterday from um, a client of mine that I've easily done 40 to 50 million dollars of business with. And he he's one of those great clients who he doesn't argue with you. He really is just like he trusts you as the expert. And he says, tell me when we're listing. Tell me what we're listing at. Tell me what I should expect. And Amazing. just that's tell me where and like and and he's one of my clients that's made the most money. I wonder why. And so Let you know, you. <laughs> and so he. But it was a very interesting conversation because he said to me, you know, outside of what are we listing at? When are we listing? He said, and what's the strike price that I should expect? So I'm realistic. That's a very good question. And I said to him, normally, I love this conversation. Annually, I would say this is a great conversation to have about listings. But right now in the market, it's very hard, I believe. It doesn't matter who you are to give a seller a real strike price. I think that you can give them a range. I think you can give them a little bit of a range. But I think it's hard from listing to listing, especially with the comps. But don't you find, though, one second, Louise. Don't you find that when you give them, I mean, I agree with you 100%, but when you give them a range sometimes, what typically happens? happens with a seller they're going to go to the top of the range and say well let's try it well i think what's great about all of us is that we not only have you know great businesses but we have a lot of other listings we have things going on that we can give them examples from that are very active like right now so you know the first thing i said to him was hey i just had two you know two listings go into contract within the last two weeks and one i thought was going to go a lot quicker for a higher amount and the other one i thought was going to go a lot slower for a lower amount and they did the opposite and, and so it's one of those yeah, situations. No I, I just want I just want to share what I have found. And again, I you know feel like that I I I'm a tire kicker by my thought process. In other words, whenever I have the opportunity, and my business ranges from six hundred fifty thousand to twenty million dollars. So understanding and having the bird's eye view of the market with that kind of diverse book of business is one thing. But really, the data driven, and that is putting together the visual story of what each apartment is what other buyers are looking at going through and talking to each of those brokers if there's seven real comps talking to every one of them and saying what's your activity how's it been now you just did a price drop how many appointments have you had the first 30 days and the first 30 people that's your buyer so if you're priced wrong you've missed the boat and you chase the market and that's the fact for today and the contract signs you can't just say last ask. You have to pick up the phone, right. call Matt, and say, listen, let me do the same for you. What did you get? Mm-hmm. 
and it's private information. It's not public. And that is how we collaborate to be able to show up for the others and lead our owners. I think and those phone Louise's, calls are a little easier today when you call up somebody and ask them what did they just get. Well, more except so for than, the new ones so that are like, well, we haven't well, gotten board right. approval. Exactly. Right. I right. think, right. And that's <laughs> and to, to Louise's yeah. point right. that, you know, that reconnects us with what we were talking about yeah. you know, earlier, broker that network. broker network is one of the most important things. It could not be. And, it is and, and I mean, so crucial. Not to like, you know, not to pick anyone out, but Tracy is really the epitome of, of someone who is just such mm-hmm. a loved broker. Like, I, I don't know anyone with as many broker friends as you. That's like it's truly friend. amazing because she is she's a, to Louise's point. Like she she does four hundred. I've done a four hundred thousand dollar deal with you, so I know um, all the way up to. Oh, so is that where the connection started? And, okay. Yeah, I mean, and she just is such a pleasure because of all those AAA batteries. You know, it's amazing. Love you. We can't do without those batteries. All right, so here's the second question based on the same premise. Okay, so when you have this conversation with with a seller, and you know you can see that it's not necessarily going in the direction that you want it to go in. How do you walk away from a listing pitch when the sellers do not want to take your price advice? Or do you? I am so happy to be the third wife of a listing instead of the time value of money. And and, and more and more today, that boldness, which I was so afraid of, because 90% of the business that I do are personal relationships. And and I recommend they go do their due diligence, but then ask them to show me the numbers. Mm-hmm. Show me the numbers mm-hmm. why your apartment's worth two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars more than mm-hmm. my recommendation in the contract. Again, I think it's so- easier today. Hold it. I think it's easier today to to do just that and and be comfortable with knowing you're going to be the second or third agent on the deal. Anna, sorry, go ahead. Oftentimes, the numbers don't even tell the whole story anymore because you really, like as Matt said, he thought you know one listing was going to go quicker and higher, and the other one was going to go lower. And, and slower, and it was the opposite. I mean, nowadays, it's so important to also prepare your sellers for the market vibe, to understand how to listen to the market, especially, it used to be the first week or two, now it's mm-hmm. like the first, as Louise said, 30 days-ish. And or it, less. And, or less. I mean, I, I like to say two to three weeks still. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you're going to get the most activity, and if you're not, you have to prepare for a price drop while you're still fresh. And the thing that that um, you can you can really tell your sellers is that there's people when people are looking on Street Easy there's always a threshold that they'll go up to even if they can spend 2.2 they don't want to spend 2.2 so they're up to two so if you're priced somewhere just over a threshold mark if you go just under that threshold you get a whole new fresh set of eyes. and multiple offers and most likely multiple offers and then you might actually get that 2.2 at the end of it. But it's That's important the efficiency to do it, of the market. Exactly. Right? And it's important to do it quick. I have a great example for where we are in the state of the market right now. There's a new listing. I'm working on a, with a buyer that came on for 1925. And the apartment right below it sold the beginning of the year in January for 1.8. So we put an offer in for 1775. And so now the listing agent is having a tough conversation with the seller saying, is the apartment worth more or less? And the apartment right below it that sold for like they're asking for one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars more. So it's like our similar condition, um, similar condition. Uh, it's a, it's one floor up. It's very similar. It's but it's like they think that it appreciated. And not only and not only that, no. that was yesterday, which right. is no when longer here. Buyer seller discrepancy. Yeah. That's right. And it's your buyer's market. So exactly. I, is so it working we're, out? We're, well, we're holding our heels and we're going under the one eight. Good and for you. The seller's agent is going to work on the seller. Bird in the hand. Go for it. Well, and I think it's important to note that contract signed and closed data, it's all um, reflective. 
it, yes. It, it just it tells you what happened. It doesn't tell you what's going to happen. Yes. And I think you have to really have a good pulse on what happened the last time we had a crisis and what uh, what the trend line was. I did a trend line for somebody the other day. Now, I didn't get the listing for other reasons. And I told be them back to, to break even, if you don't sell for this price now, it will take you another 10 years. And that's, well, how, that's, that's how far the data went. But I proved it year over year over year with how the market is trending. That's very, that's very real. From, that's very real. from 14 to, right. to you today. You have to also take into account inflation. If you bought it 10 years ago and you want to sell it for that price, that's actually, you lost money. So if you really want to break even, you have to do a time value of money calculation. And, and looking at active listings, I think is super important now because everything has been on for 200 and something days. Mm-hmm. And if you look at if you look at the progression of price reductions, and then as Louis said, talk to the brokers and see how um, it, what the feedback has been at certain price points, that tells a really big story right now. So not even closed and contract signed, but active, how long they've been on, and what the price reductions have been. And you'll see time and time. I tried to book. 14 appointments, and uh, this was literally on Monday for for uh, next Monday, and um, I think that there were eight of them had multiple offers on them or contracts out, and that is because they did multiple price reductions, and the market came to them. And buyers see that. Jason, let me ask you. So, in your opinion, you know, what is the general unease in the marketplace today? What are you seeing out there when you're with renters, buyers, sellers? What is, like, the overall typical unease that everybody yeah. seems to be experiencing. I, I mean, for me, I, I work with a lot of first-time home buyers, um, and I think there's a lot of uncertainty going into 2020, mm-hmm. um, just with the election and you know looming recessions. So um, these buyers are just trying to get the best deal possible. Um, so I think the unease is if they buy now, what's going to happen next year? Is the market going to drop even further? Um, so that's kind of what I've been seeing um, in my experiences, mainly working with, you know, first time home buyers in the market right now. Hey, Ryan, following on that, though. So, uh, you know, how successful are buyers, you know, today in timing the market based on what Jason just said? You know, today I mean, it's today. Convers- 2020 is 2020. That's a conversation that, that I love to have. I wish, you know, Jordan's probably great. He could use some of his vocab words on, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out. Because I don't, have, I don't have that answer. It's, it's a great question. But I think, you know, we'll throw in a time value of money and, you know, rent versus buy. You know, these are all conversations that I'm, I'm having with buyers. Um, but I think what I try to do is just educate them. I try to get them to see as much property as possible. So when we actually find that right apartment that checks all the boxes, like they're confident. And, and so it's it's this is a home purchase. It's not all about the numbers. Um, so I just try to, you know, give them the confidence to make the right decision. A lot of sellers are also buyers, though, and they need to remember that they might be taking a bit of a hit on the sale, Absolutely. but they can they can they capture can something. Up. They can capture something really great on the buy. That is, and big. that'll be worth something more than what they're losing on the sale at some point. All right, right. let's stand by, everybody. We are live from Smash Studios here in Hudson Yards in New York City. You are listening to Good uh, Good Morning. Yeah, Good Morning New York on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. <laughs> I am Vince Rocco. We will be right back. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. 
We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back, and we're here with Anna Shagaloff, Matthew Cohen, Tracy Hammersley, Jordan Shea, Luis Phillips Forbes, Jason Engrist, and Ryan Garson. I mean, really, dinner talk with Vince. This is definitely going to be changed. The name of the show is going to be changed. Dinner with Vince. Oh, my God. You did say that. Vince Food Network has a new show. There you go. That would move be over amazing. Ina Garden. Actually, never but move how, over Ina Garden. She's no, favorite, never. Exactly. Never. But how do we incorporate real estate into that din din with whatever you said, uh, Jordan? Yeah. Din din <laughs> with din din in new hashtag Vinsanity. Okay, so Matthew Cohen, you're on the spot. Is the market continuing to slide, and uh, or are we seeing any indication that things are moving up even a little bit? Be honest. Slowly. I think that we are very low on the market, and I, I I think that we probably have a little more room to go. Having said that, I think that we I think that this is where you have to separate resales and new developments. I think that there's a lot of opportunity. Separate right the men now. from the boys. Oh well, I mean, when you put it that way, um, I think like, it's about to burst into tears. I think our boy's crying. <laughs> when I'm negotiating, I'm crying. That's how I get my de- my buyers such good deals. Um, the, the listing broker feels bad for me, um, but so I, I think that you know there's a lot of opportunity right now as a new development buyer because you know where developers and sellers I find are at their most most vulnerable is when there isn't an indication of exactly what the market is. Mm-hmm. And I do think we are still at that, yes. you know, that pass of the market sliding. <laughs> and because of that, you know, until you hit that bottom, you're not going to really, you know, you might not have that vulnerability still when it actually hits. But as our own Richard Grossman always tells us that you're never going to hear that ding 
until it starts going until up. it starts going up. Correct. So you're not really going to know when you're at the bottom. Well, yeah. But if you, back if to you really point, talk to some, you know, people are saying, well, you know, if I buy today, what about you know, 2020? The prices might be lower. You just don't know. I mean, I, I think the best advice that I have found to really shut the noise out. I mean, every buyer, every seller, try to shut the noise out and analyze what's right mm. for you as an individual. Absolutely. If, if every smart Always. person Always. I know who's looking to upgrade for the next decade is taking whatever that loss is for today and buying for tomorrow. I also think that speaking of opportunity, I think one of the greatest opportunity in a market like we're in as a real estate broker is that we can, you know, we can take all the perceptions that are out there between, you know, the articles that are being written and the data being put out there and and 60 minutes and TV shows and what have you. And we can really put it more into a data driven analysis that we can put together ourselves for our clients and take perception, make it more of reality. And so that provides opportunity of what is actually going on to then to Louise's point to have, you know, to give your client the best possible case to make their own decision that's right for them. So Anna, I, you know, we, we've heard this before and we've talked about it on the show. So what is more important, I think, to you or all of us today, you know, signed contract data or closed comp data? That's that's the biggie today. Everybody's kind of wondering what what is best. As Matt said before and Louise said before, when you're talking to sellers and it's a data-driven conversation today more than ever, what's more important, you think? Sign contracts or closed? I, I don't think that you can say one or the other. I think that I think it's very listing specific. It's very category specific. You need to see you need you need all of the data. You need to see uh, days on the market on on all of these and, and the, price and reductions. Price reductions. So I, oh, as, as I said earlier, I mean active listings, <clears throat> contract signed. How how long it took? What price point? How many drops before that signed contract? Mm-hmm. And closed data, I, I mean, is less. Uh, yeah, I kind of don't. I, I don't look at it as much. Well, it anymore. depends but, on how long ago it closed, too. Don't forget. I mean, we we can't talk six months well, ago. Yeah, anymore, I mean, I have sellers that that'll say, you know, I look back four years. And no, this is, no, no, and I'm no, like, no, 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 no. Well, 2015. Who doesn't want to live right in 2015? You can't right? go back more than six months right now. But I think what's happening today and what's happened within the last few weeks. Uh, whether it's contract signed, closed, or active, mm-hmm. is really where you need to kind of just dig out your data and 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 analyze that specific listing in that specific category, neighborhood, all of it. Jordan and Shea, like how do you uh, how are you able to define value today more than we needed to do in the past, for example? Well, I mean, I think value really depends on uh, the client's goal. So what is their value? What do they find valuable in their life? How do they view their home? Is it a home? Is it an asset? Is it an investment that they want to turn over very quickly? Is it something they want to live in? And it depends on the product category and how you actually look at real estate and then what you want to do. Like life, it's 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 very complex question. Like, what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself in ten years? Are you in this home in ten years? Yeah. You're not you buying know? a stock. You're buying a, a exactly. Stock. And you know, in terms of value, if you buy in an it building, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you buy it in an it building, you're overpaying. It's a fashion. Mm-hmm. But if you buy when the building isn't an it building, you're getting value. Because all of the people who inflated the prices when it was the hot building, look at 15 CPW, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, I'm looking at uh, 157, I'm looking, at you, I'm looking at all these buildings where people overpaid. Yeah. Now the value is corrected. 
Now you're actually seeing the true value of those condos, those co-ops, and that's the value. I think there are the actually value still more to come. Well. I mean, if you talk to every commercial, any major, any major multifamily owner, you know, Andrew Farkas, um, Silverstein, all those guys think that we have a much bigger adjustment that is happening. So no, I absolutely agree. I, I don't disagree either, but. Wasn't the stock market at a record high yesterday? But that Isn't that is, so interesting? That, look at history. It, it is exactly, that is history. 30 years, go back. Every peak of the stock market has has not always run with the, the Well, well, you're 100% correct. But, you know, we have to understand something. We are living in very unusual times the past two to three years. So the stock market in the past that used to be robust and used to be happy and used to be Spot wonderful, used to really fuel the secondary market, which today is dead. It used to fuel lots of uh, peer-to-tier purchases and investor purchases here in New York City. That is very, very, very depleted. So it's a false narrative when people say, well, you know, the stock market is robust, the economy is doing great. However, the fear and uncertainty that we are all experiencing right now today is is challenging at best. And so I ask all of you, you know, how does, you know, uh, your credibility in this particular marketplace mean more to your customers, your buyers, sellers, and renters than it ever did before? Anna. Um, I mean, you're, you're the voice of reason for them. You're the one with the experience. We're, 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 we're who they go to for the sanity right. check. Right. And if they're not ready for a sanity check, then <clears throat> that's even more important to give them one. Right. Um, but cre- credibility and um, being being a knowledgeable broker and having having experience in history and having gone through different cycles, I'm I'm going to be 19 years at in this business. Um, in February, it'll be 19 years. I mean, I've gone through so many cycles. And I know and, you 18. And and I've known you 18. You were my <laughs> client. Um, if anyone didn't know that, by the way, Vince wow, is my client. Yeah, yeah. Awesome? That's why I'm at Allstead. Me, <laughs> 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 it, was, it was my first year in real estate. It was my first but year I didn't cheat. I didn't on. cheat on her. I stayed no, where I was. We, I didn't I cheat on her. a lifelong it. friend. Yes. More 18 years More ago, important. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming in with, with history and experience and confidence to, to, to show somebody who is really kind of um, feeling the market is sketchy and they don't know how to read it and they're and they're uncomfortable and they they don't know what to expect to go in and give them those expectations and I mean the 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 more your ear is to the grindstone the more you're the more accurate you're going to be absolutely it, it's very important so, Matt go ahead to Anna's point I mean it, my clients always love that I'm doing this every single day like mm-hmm. we're doing yeah. this yes. every single yes. day every yeah, single this hour. is not a hobby and especially you know for myself having half of my closest friends in the business and half my closest friends outside of it I sometimes forget that not everyone does real estate so <laughs> so when I'll talk to my clients and I'll hear about their work day I'm just like oh right there are other jobs out there so <laughs> so there is definitely something to be said about the fact that we are just always doing this so to Anna's point of our, our, we're on the grind. So like we, we are doing this. We know what's out there. We know what the data is. And that says a lot for our clients when they're trying to make such a big decision, especially in a market like this. Mr. Shea, how do you um, balance your credibility today in this trying market? (laughs) Yes. Our our new man of reason today, by the way, the man of reason, the man Um, of reason, the voice of reason. Well, I just 30 seconds. I don't pressure anybody to do anything until they're ready to do it. So I, it's not about my paycheck. It's about your long-term investment. And I've told interest. all of my buyers, you have an 18-month window. You're, if you find it between now and 18 months from now, 
buy it. Otherwise, it'll be on the Ascension after 18 months. And so I have a lot of people sitting on the sidelines. Me too. Louise, very quickly. I I, I think that, that, um, you know, buying a home is like dating. It's like there's a chemistry that speaks that speaks to yes. you and I think that part Amen. of my job is is leading and educating so that you through experiencing spaces. I was with in Brooklyn looking at massive townhouses and by the end of the evening driving back to our part that's my one of my neighbors lives in my building and she's like I think you're right. After doing all that, I'm staying on the Upper West Side and I will have my start my children here and do that when they're like five and six and seven years old. So that was only through doing and experiencing. And that's part of really, you have to feel it and you have to trust your instinct. Absolutely. All right. Unfortunately, that is it for this broadcast today. Thank you for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook or Instagram at Vince Rocco. We are back next week because if it is Tuesday morning, it is good morning, New York real estate. Shoot for the moon, everyone. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Be kind to one another. And for all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us. And we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.